On this episode of the Star Trek Universe podcast, Matt and I, we're going to find us a couple of low mileage pit woofies and help them build a memory. <laughs> Best line <laughs> in the episode by far. <laughs> Best line in the episode. We're talking about season one, episode 24 or 25, depending on your numbering system, uh, yeah. The Neutral Zone. Right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Star Trek Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. I am David C. Robertson. It's good to hear from you, David C. Robertson. You hear you're not feeling very well right now. I'm not. I got a, you know, uh, twinge in the old hinge. Mm, I don't... There. Yeah. I don't know what the old hinge is, but I hear your back hurts. Uh, yep. Yep. Lower back. Yeah. Spasms. Bad things. Yeah. Man, Icing sorry. it down. Well, the benefit of your pain is we get to podcast today. That's true. You know? <laughs> so, I feel like I'm the winner here. Uh, I, yeah. I, I and sure. the audience I, are the winners here. So. You know, you, you, you thank you for being our sacrificial back. I don't Thank know. you for being our sacrificial, you know, whatever. Uh <laughs> Let's not I don't get, want to say lamb. That let's not get too sacrilegious. Well, it's better than what I was going to say at first. Uh, what were you going to say? Thank you for being our own personal podcast, Jesus. Oh, no. All right, let's move on. Uh, no. And this episode is the neutral zone. This is going to continue our uh, our series on our Picard primer. We're, we're yeah. watching episodes that uh, seem to lend themselves to Picard-centric things that, not just the character, but the series. So we're talking about Data episodes, Romulan episodes, Borg episodes, mm -hmm. and uh, Seven of Nine episodes. Like, trying to focus on the themes that might lead into Picard the series. And uh, this is, uh, this was a really intriguing episode because it is the first hints of the Borg that we get in Star Trek, which is a big deal. It's also the first time the crew interacts with the Romulans in Next Generation. Not mm -hmm. interacts, but at least, uh, yeah, interacts. They, they have a few conversations about the Romulans earlier right. in the season, but this is the first time they have a face-to-face. -face. Uh, by the way, first speaking part of a Romulan on TNG, played by Mark 
Alemo. Alemo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Golducott Gold from DS9, who I saw, I saw and immediately recognized him as Golducott. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though this episode had tons, sort of like tons of, uh, just reading a synopsis, we were like, oh, this, we've got to cover this episode. It's the first, min- first interaction with the Romulans and the first mention of Borg activity. And it turns out, uh, not to really yeah. have that much to do with Picard or Seven of Nine or Data. So we're still going to talk about the episode and we're still going to do sort of an episode review because we want to do mm-hmm. that. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to kind of, it's it's small connections with what it says about the Romulans and the Borg. So what did you think of this episode, man? I, I thought it was a particularly weak episode um, in, in terms of overall Star Trek ideology in terms of the characters and who we know those characters to be. Uh, but it was also a really fun episode because I liked the A-plot a lot and I wanted a lot more of it. Yeah, so the A-plot of this is a um, a group of three survivors from a cryonics satellite that was apparently a, a, a some sort of cryonic satellite that has drifted mm-hmm. away from the earth and is now all the way to the Romulan neutral zone 200 and some odd years later, uh, 300 and some odd years later, I guess. Uh, and these, so these are 20th cent 21st century, uh, Americans that mm-hmm. have woken up and, and, and really the episode is an attempt to draw a distinction between, um, who, who we are now and who, we are in the future as the Federation. Yeah. And I, I, I think it, it sort of does that in a clunky way. It felt like the most eighties episode of Star Trek I've ever seen. <laughs> that is most definitely not the most eighties episode of Star Trek that I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to hear you out on that. The, the thing, but the thing that makes it feel eighties to me is just uh-huh. like, the sort of stunt nature of like the fish out of water plot. It just felt like an episode of Alf or Harry and the Hendersons, like in the way it was just mm. like, Hey, it's normal people on Star Trek. Like, and it's also the season finale of season one, which I thought was a really odd choice. That is. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and like, I can imagine the promos being run for this. What if a country singer, a financier and a, and a housewife show up on the, uh, <laughs> on the enterprise? It's like, it's like a weird, it was just a weird for, for Star Trek and for where the show goes and what kind of season finales and season mm-hmm. premieres we get in the future. It's a really odd choice. My favorite thing about that is I was just thinking, you know, the last time, the, the Enterprise, you know, intercepted a, a cryogenic ship. It didn't turn out well. No. <laughs> and they just unfreeze them immediately. No one mentions the con problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they kind of, I'm pretty sure Crusher like looked at them like, oh, they are definitely not genetically superior. <laughs> yeah, it was probably pretty clear what they, what, what was going on here. Right. So I don't think that was an issue. I, it was just funny that like, <laughs> like in next generation they do it and it's just like oh there's just normal people yeah yeah but, but the the funny thing the funniest thing about it though to me was that they weren't superior it was very clear that the point of this episode is that they were inferior yes like everyone on tng talks down to them like they are shit <laughs> yeah i totally agree especially picard <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> Especially Picard is a real asshole to them. We have grown out of our infancy. <laughs> At the end of the episode, uh, they have the chance to save those people months of travel back to Earth by like mm-hmm. taking a day off their course or a couple days off course to drop them off at a a different station that's going to get them home faster. And Picard's like, it will be good for them to acclimate. And really, it's just he wants them off his ship. (laughs) Well, he may have had a point, though. I don't think he had a point. (laughs) I think, I mean, you know, there's a justification there. But for sure, this is a super clunky episode. And there's a reason for that. Why? What's the reason? Uh, well, I don't want to get... Well, I guess, I mean, it doesn't matter if we get too into trivia. Uh, they were basically shot a first draft. Interesting. From a guy who doesn't know a ton about Star Trek. Like, it wasn't his... Maurice Hurley is not his wheelhouse. Star Trek is not his wheelhouse. And this... Uh, they uh, The first draft got written, and then the writer's strike happened. Oh, okay. So, uh, they were absolutely forbidden from writing anything else on it. Gotcha. That may, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And it, and it makes sense why it ended up as a season finale, because it's like, you know, we just need something to make this last episode of the season. Interesting. Well, also Maurice Hurley intended it to be the first part of a trilogy. Oh, okay. It was supposed to be somewhat of a cliffhanger, uh, because we never resolve, we never really resolve uh, the Romulans and the Federation working together to figure out who destroyed those bases. Like, it oh, turns yeah, out true. later through like a mention or something that it was the Borg, but it was intended to be the Borg, and it was intended to set up uh, a, a, a an alliance between the two that would, you know, wind up counteracting the Borg when, when they come back. But Interesting. But just sort of kind of faltered when Q Q who, which is uh, later on in next season, I believe it's the first, it's the enterprise's first uh, official interaction with the Borg Uh, in Q who they are doing the same thing that we see Mm -hmm. here, which is entire bases being like uprooted in the first, in the first appearance of the Borg, which we, we did not put it on our list uh, because honestly, it's, it's a little bit, the Borg are, they're kind of proto Borg. It's like almost like they didn't fully have the idea for the Borg fleshed out. But in that, the, the way that they like, sort of, instead of assimilating humans or, or any other races, what they do is they just take technology and they just lift entire bases out of the ground. And that's what's happening here. Um, and I think that may be the only reason we know that it was the Borg in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what happens to a future in, in, in a future in, in Q who, when they, when he throws them in the path of the Borg. Right. And you know, uh, they, they've had, they had a few false starts in the Borg. Uh, one of them being the neutral zone and the other one being, um, that episode, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called. It's one, the one where all the parasites are inside of the people in Starfleet. Okay, I, I'm not familiar. Um, there's an episode, it's from season one, I believe. <laughs> where the, they're, like, Starfleet has been completely taken over with these, like, worms. Okay. And then at the end, they send out a, those worms had sent out a signal. Like, but it's one of the more gruesome episodes of Star Trek because, like, they just straight up like 
shoot this dude and blow his head up and then like the worm comes out of his like open torso wow um that's real gross yeah dude it was yeah it's really really gross i can't i I don't understand why i can't remember the name of that uh episode I'm, i'm looking it up i'll figure it out well in the meantime the episode we're covering today you know it's fine it really not much happens it's just this group of three people are thought out One's, one's like, as I said, a country music star, one's a financier, and one is a homemaker, as they call her. And, Conspiracy. Uh, okay. It was the episode before the neutral zone. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll get to it soon. I'm, I, we're doing this Picard primer rewatch, but I am watching every episode. So I've been buzzing mm-hmm. through season one, trying to get through all the episodes of Star Trek TNG before Picard c- comes out. Right. Um, so I'll get there very soon. But the signal at the end of that episode was supposed to have been like a call to the board. Interesting. So that happens a re- di- a directly before this episode. So they mm-hmm. really knew they were going for the Borg soon. They just didn't have, you know, they, they, any, they yeah. any real plans. Like it doesn't seem like even in that first appearance, Q who that the Borg assimilation is even a thing that they do. That they, they even go to a, um, nursery or the Borg, they actually call the Borg a species and they say that it looks like the Borg are not born with these implants. They get them later or something you know, so it's, it's interesting. They just didn't have that fully planned out and nothing, nothing exactly conflicts, but mm-hmm. I suppose it's possible there could, they could also have a nursery where they turn babies into Borg, but well, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? And apparently they do, but I don't know that that is ever mentioned again. I think that's a one-off in that episode. We see him float. We see him. I think in in Voyager, we see Borg babies. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't remember. Uh, but I, but the and I know we see children Borg. Uh, the thing is, I think it, the the implication of that episode is that they are a species where that's their that's their primary form of replication. Like they they have babies that are have have implants added at an early age that become. Yeah, I, Borg. Yeah, there's there um yeah there are definitely Borg uh, Borg babies on Voyager, but uh, I I just felt like the implication was uh, that I mean they assimilate whole civilizations. Why would they just leave the babies there? Obviously, they would just assimilate them too. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's just the way they frame the way they the, that Riker says it is it looks he says it it appears that it's a it's a species like he he acts like it's a species of people the Borg are a species underlying themselves they aren't they mm-hmm. aren't a mixture of a bunch of different species as we know them to be now yeah that was a reasonable assumption at the time yeah um, okay so uh, I, I they <laughs> they obviously they talk a lot about. Um, f- this, this financier character is supposed to be a, you know, reflection of how far the Starfleet has come now that they've left money behind. Mm-hmm. What, what did you think? I, I felt like that argument, I mean, like, I, you know, I, I love the idea of the Federation. I love the idea of there being a, no need in space. Like they, they've, they've gotten past the point of need. Yeah, uh, because of matter replication, all, all food and shelters taken care of. So mm-hmm. now it's now yeah. society is about something different. But I, I, <laughs> I thought it was interesting because they really they 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 really tackle it head on with this financier, and really the financier gets the last word, which is kind of a bummer. 
<laughs> he says, uh, Picard says, um, it, it, it's all about possessions. He's like, it's not about possessions. It's about power. And he says, what kind of power control of my life control of one's life is the most important thing. He's like, that's not, you know, that's a fantasy. And he says, well, I'm here. Aren't I? And it's yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, this, this guy clearly won his century kind of, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I did like that. I, and that's one of the things I like most when Star Trek does it well is when they present two sides and but neither side is it comes out on top necessarily. Like there's always food for thought, and I, I like that idea. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, you 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 know you had your priorities a little mixed up, but you are here right. now. Like one of the things is interesting is like clearly in Star Trek. Previously and subsequently, life is valued. Um, yes. But here in this episode, Riker is like, yeah, whatever you do, Data, just do it quick. I don't care. Save them or don't. Yeah, no, and, and Picard is actively annoyed that he they saved They already them. dead. What were you going to do? Well, they're here now and they're alive, so we have to treat them like they're people. Like, what the hell, man? And then you have Crusher, like, people in the 20th century were terrified of death. Ha, ha, ha. We embrace it now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it's a really, really clunky episode. And, uh, and, like, what it says about the Federation. And, like, I actually, the thing, like, you, you mentioned, talking still more about that financier guy, you mentioned that, um, obviously his uh, priorities weren't right. But the thing is, it doesn't really ever give us evidence of that. Like I would have liked that conversation where Picard actually, uh, I guess has a good reason to say why that guy is wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead, he just acts disappointed and acts in uh, acts superior to mm-hmm. that man. And it like, it, it, it irks me because he's not willing to engage with the man and, and have an intelligent conversation. He just acts superior and like, doesn't, I don't know. It, it, it's almost like Picard's disappointment is supposed to be the only, uh, arbiter of what is right and wrong in that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, Picard's disappointed. Clearly this guy did something wrong. No, what's, what's funny though is, that is actually, I feel like, very in in line with Picard's character, um, especially when you look at First Contact, and he just like suddenly becomes very like condescending to Lily, and he's like, "In the future, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't have money, or we don't care about material wealth." <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like he get, he does that condescending shit, and. Early on in Next Generation, he's very, very uh, uh, haughty and condescending and, and acts superior. Well, and she, she gets to stand up to him, too, and, like, prove that he's wrong and he's out for revenge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not that evolved, Picard. You're just Ahab with his whale. Uh, right, and, and right. And that's, that's – so now we're getting to the – the the heat of the meat here. Um, <laughs> Ew, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> the heat of the meat? <laughs> I don't know where I forgot that phrase from. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it before. And Please, I thought, never, never again. <laughs> <laughs> this is worse than your Cyclops toe on Facebook. <laughs> Go follow Matt on Facebook if you want to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Got a, got a good Cyclops toe going. Um, okay. 
I, 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 I got to tell the Cyclops toe story. So I, I bought a bunch of googly eyes because I saw just a big package of googly eyes at Walmart. And mm-hmm. I have a brand new dog, 17 weeks old. He tore up in my Walmart bag and just tore these eye, googly eyes. And I was planning on being funny with the googly eyes, putting, putting them in random places around my house so that like when you opened a cabinet, there'd be two eyes looking back at you, stuff like that. thought that would be uh-huh. really funny. But instead, my dog tore open the bag and all the eyes just stuck to the dog. So he was walking around rattling because he's got all these eyeballs stuck to him and just little eyes looking from every part of the dog. It's really funny. I don't okay. know why. It made me laugh. Anyway, so those were the, those have been all over my house all week, and so I stuck one on my toe and put a picture on Facebook. Yeah. What, what I love is there was something in your mind, there was a phrase in your mind or something very close to it where you said, oh, no, my plan for the googly eyes was thwarted. yep that's that's true that is a that is a thought that went through my head this week (laughs) oh no that's not what i intended those googly eyes for (laughs) hey come on i wasn't i was i embraced it i was pretty zen about it i was just like you know that's as good an outcome as any (laughs) oh yeah but, you know, like I was saying, though, is... The heat of the meat. We were getting to the heat of the meat. Picard was an ass. He's a he's a military type of guy. He buys hard into the Federation. Yeah. He he buys hard into the philosophies taught in, in what is considered civilized society yeah. in, in the 24th century. And, um, you know, even in the first episode, he, he asks Riker to make sure he doesn't make an ass of himself around children. And the softening of Picard is a real is a real character arc throughout the series. He, he's, and, he's really uh, try, he tries hard to be less rigid and less mm-hmm. uh, uh, superior to everyone, but <laughs> it's still there. And I think it's a big part of his personality. And I think it could play into you know there, there's that scene in the trailer for Picard where he's yelling at that. Uh, officer like it's what the federation stands for it's what the federation still should stand for like he has such a rigid belief of what the federation should be and i wonder if they will examine that or if because it's sort of his swan song series if yeah it's just a hill for him to die on yeah which i which can also be a lot of fun but i kind of like that uh i'd prefer them to examine him a little bit and, you know, him have some um, flaws that we get to really uncover and evaluate and him to grow through. Because I feel like yeah. if they just make him, he's the captain and he just needs to win, that's a less interesting story. But I also yeah. know that Picard is such a venerated character that we might not get much flaw within him in this new series. Oh, don't don't you believe it, man. It's going to piss off every Trekkie ever because, you know... So, so many of these people will be like, oh, Picard was never like that. Go back and watch the show, y'all. Yeah. Picard's got flaws, serious flaws. He's a total ass. And he, he believes in the Federation to a fault. Like this. And, you know, if I know Kurtzman and Michael Chabon, they're going to present some flaws. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely think, think they will. I think you're right. And I'm really hopeful that you're right. 
So that's that's some pretty interesting stuff about Picard we we saw in this episode. Like, what what do we see about the Romulans? Um, well, don't put anyone who has subpar acting ability next to Mark Alamo. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I don't even know if the hard thing is, I think the guy to the right, whoever he was, his name was <laughs> Fee, I think on the, on the episode, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Alamo's character, a Tabak, Tabak or whatever, uh, Romulan word is really showing a lot of personality and i it seemed almost like that other guy who was uh who was picked to play the other romulan had a confusion about what a romulan was <laughs> like he was like this is a vulcan right i'm a vulcan and he's an arrogant vulcan which is to be expected he's basically the same thing <laughs> he's pretty yeah he, he comes off pretty bad next to marco lamo for sure like they're just playing two different types of 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 guys anyway but for sure and that's just, okay two, two guys ooh. in a species can be very different yeah absolutely it's just you know the line delivery of the guy that's not not mark alamo is just so bad right i don't know it was just it was really distracting to me every time he was on screen i was just like why is he oh just oh no and it's not even like captivating like like christopher walken bad acting it's like it's like Christopher Walken's acting is so bad that it's actually really super good and creepy, right? Um, just because it's not really acting, it's his acting is just his yeah yeah it's quirky and is and but he talks like that in real life. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's so quirky that you're like it sets you off balance. Yeah. So I think we did get a a big speech from Troy. She gives a psychological breakdown of who the Romulans are. Mm-hmm. And she says first that they're suprem- basically supremacists. They're arrogant to a fault. She says it goes beyond arrogance. Yeah. Which is funny to be telling Picard in this episode. Right? <laughs> we just had that discussion about Picard. He's like, well, that's not very Federation of them. And <laughs> Um, he also says they're very curious which is interesting i I really like the outline of the romulans here because they don't come off like mustache twirling villains they come off as villains but they come off as uh, they also say they shouldn't be the ones to attack first generally Mm -hmm. they're gonna wait and see what you do they have Mm -hmm. a fascination with humans Um, all of that to me is very interesting they also killed Worf's parents which mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that that'll play into the Picard series, but you know it could. Worf could absolutely show up. You know, for what, for all of its flaws, this episode did set up a lot. Yeah, for sure. It's like they already had the book written on the Romulans, and they already had this plan for the Borg, and they just they were sprinkling it in, but then they didn't. Cl- this episode itself just didn't close on anything. Yeah, and they also disregarded some stuff in here because, like Worf said. Uh, when they were meant to be our allies, and then like it, that didn't. That was that didn't, that's not a thing they ever. I don't think touched on again. Like they were not their allies. They they had had a, a rivalry in a in a. Uh, they were feuding basically like for years, you know, decades and decades before that. Now there was an uneasy Klingon Romulan alliance back in the original series time during you know the uh, the Enterprise incident. Um, which is why, which is the the reason they gave for Romulans suddenly having Klingon ships. 
Mm. And that's why they did it, because they didn't have Romulan. Uh, they didn't want to spend the money. It was the third season episode, and they didn't want to spend the money on, or they couldn't afford to spend the money on uh, Romulan ships, on building Romulan ships, and they already had some Klingon ships hanging around. Huh. D7s. That's interesting. I like so that's they, so interesting. Yeah. yeah, so they threw in a lot about the an uneasy Klingon Romulan alliance. <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, So... One one thing I thought about in this episode that I'd never thought about before, and I don't know why, it's really obvious, uh, really, really obvious when I think about it, but I don't know why it never really crossed my mind. Uh, you know, America's known as the melting pot. Uh-huh. It's like, I never really considered how the Federation is sort of that for space. Mm-hmm. Because almost every other kind of uh, major power is sort of a single race. And I was just thinking about the, the, the Romulans and how arrogant they are and how supremacist they are. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's I, I never realized. I mean, I kind of realized the Federation was an analog for America just because mm-hmm. it was made by Americans and they're the good guys or whatever. But like the idea of it being a melting pot and, and the idea of the multiculturalism of the Federation is kind of the only they're the only multicultural game in town, uh, I yeah. guess, until you get to like the Zindi. <laughs> which is like five different cultures and, and you yeah. know, weirdly before this and after this, well, the dominion, if you want to count them, that's true. Yeah. The dominion, the dominion is another one that comes down the pike later. Um, but yeah, they're, they're more a conquered. They're more, had they've been conquered by another race, like a single race has conquered four races or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it never really dawned on me until this episode. I don't know why, as much as of Star Trek as I've watched and talked about. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah, I don't know. Just thought that, that is an interesting thing I noticed that has probably been noticed by everyone else, but I never really thought about it. <laughs> I guess I just never thought about the fact that it's it's weird. It's one of the things that's weird about the Federation is that they're such a melting pot, and then that. They're a place for all cultures to join in on. And we kind of call them humans because it seems like there's more humans than anything else in the Federation for some uh-huh. reason. But, you know, they, they, they incorporate in many ways. They're, <laughs> they're like the Borg and that they incorporate all these different, uh, you know, cultures into their own, to, yeah. you know, in a, in a kind way, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing the Romulan said in this episode was, uh, matters more urgent caused her absence, but we're back. I wonder what the matters more urgent were. I don't know. I feel like that was something that we were supposed to find out, but. Oh, like in the, if, if this had turned out to be a trilogy. Yeah. But, uh, we could probably headcanon it as, as they have said, you know, the, 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 the Romulan government is never like completely very stable. Like there's always. <laughs> a new faction coming in and like doing away with the old guard. So, right, right. And that's that's another that's another trait that we didn't really learn this episode, but it is something that goes on to be a thing we know about the Romulans. Um, do you think we think we learned about data in this episode? Hmm. Other than that he wants to he wouldn't mind being a traveling country singer. Right, and he's not a robot. He's not a robot. He's an android. And there's a distinct difference that they did not mm-hmm. tell us, <laughs> which I was slightly annoyed by. And I realized it's probably in another episode or, and I know I can probably look it up, but like I was, 
I was like, come on, don't, don't, don't tell a nerd there's a distinct difference and not tell me what that distinct difference is. This came out at a time when you had to like look things up in encyclopedias. <laughs> well, you know, he probably had like a note in the script to look it up and then he couldn't do it because of the writer's strike. So, right. That's really funny. I don't know. The difference um, between a robot and an android is only their appearance, with androids being made to look like humans on the outside, but robot-like internal mechanics. Mm-hmm. In All other right. stories, authors have used the word android to mean a wholly organic, yet artificial creation. Hmm. All right. So, androids look like people. Robots do not. That's the that's what that that is. Okay, not in that Twilight Zone episode, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure that all just depends on which which fictional world you're talking about. Well, but she's a robot. She's a woman. <laughs> I don't know the Twilight Zone episode, but I'm sure. Oh, it's fantastic. Nice. One of my favorite moments was when the country singer says, "All my stuff will be forgotten. I'll be a bigger hit than I ever was," and. Uh, <laughs> Cuts to Picard and he goes, perhaps so. And it's like such a condescending asshole thing. Like he clearly knows this man is not going to be a big hit. And it's just like, perhaps so. It just, he's such a condescending asshole in this episode. Mm hmm. Yeah. One of my biggest problems was like Riker was such a dick about like, oh, seeing all these, seeing those three. Ha ha ha. I wonder how humankind even, uh, you know, survived. <laughs> and I'm like, what did Claire do? Claire is a perfectly reasonable, sweet individual. She hadn't, she's not a, you know, dickwad wall street piece of yeah. shit. She's not some like substance abuser. Who's, you know, looking for his next high. Like she's just a lady who died of, you know, an embolism and misses her family. <laughs> yeah. And she's not even being hysterical. She's just like quietly weeping in a corner. Like, yeah, she's just upset. Like that's a that's a yeah. This episode is weird. I don't, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan. Cool that it establishes stuff for future that we're definitely going to be talking about a lot in Picard. But uh, overall, mostly skippable. I think this episode. Yeah, I do. I do wish that we had gotten follow up. I wish that we had like on Deep Space Nine or something. At least you know, come back to Sunny or something. Like, oh yeah, that would have been real cool. That would have been real cool. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. I looked up these actors, by the way, to see. Like, I was I was so confused by the 80s nature of this idea to me. Like, of just like, hey, I know it's a show about the spaceship, but now we're going to bring people from your time. You know what I mean? Or like, close to your time. Look, it's a country singer. It just felt like I could imagine the 80s ads for this episode. Um, and... uh like, I can imagine that line, I'll be a bigger hit than I ever was. Like, that just seems like the exact thing they would focus on for an ad for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't, I probably, I'm probably, it's probably it doesn't not. It feel like, it doesn't feel like a Star Trek The Next Generation ad. Yeah, no, it probably, I'd love to see an ad for this episode, actually. Like, I'd really love to. If I, I'm going to look around YouTube and see if I can find it. Um, oh, I bet you can. Oh, yeah? You think so? They have a bunch of them up where it's like, next time on Star Trek, the next generation. <laughs> All right. Well, then I have to look it up uh, and see if, if we can see. Oh, yep. TNZ, neutral zone trailer. Here it is. On the next episode of Star Trek, the next generation. Commander, 
Look at this. The crew discovers frozen survivors from the 20th century. What's going to happen to us? In the middle of a perilous mission to confront arch enemies. You think that we attacked your outposts? Could this feared encounter spark an explosive battle? I recommend we go immediately to battle stations. Find out on Star Trek, the next generation. Okay. Uh, it it pretty much just focuses on... Uh, it does mention the people frozen, but then it almost completely focuses as if the episode's going to focus on the Romulan uh, attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. That, that that ad is what I kind of would rather have this episode have been. <laughs> but it's mostly just about that a pl- that, the a plot is definitely the characters, the these these 20th century characters. I feel like I feel like it switched actually. Like I feel like at the beginning of the episode the a plot was definitely like the characters the or the the frozen people. Sure. And then by the end of the episode, the B plot was the A plot, and like they had sort of shifted them to like the B plot. Where, like they were just right. like, "Oh, what were we doing with them? Oh, we're just going to take it back to Earth well, the long way around." That's why I think this episode <laughs> does not work. Is those yeah. two those two storylines are just not tied together well. In, mm-hmm. in the best cases of Star Trek, is when the A the B plot does something to support the A plot, or or the B plot provides a way of uh, solving the A plot, or something mm-hmm. like that. Or like if this, uh, you know, if the financier or the country star, or the even even better, the homemaker had like done something to help them make peace with well, the Romulans. I think they did. I think the, the, the Wall Street guy, because remember, he said it's about power, and he like exhibited a certain amount of, uh, of uh, intuition. And yeah, there's that, that, that Picard perhaps lacked. And then when he's on the bridge later, and they're trying to figure out like what the Romulans know, and he, he's on the bridge, and he's not supposed to be, and he's like, they don't know either. He's trying to find out what you know. And Picard kind of looks at him with this moment of realization. He goes, yes, yes, he's right. Yeah, he's like, get him like, off the bridge, but he is right. And it, it, yeah, again, it yeah. made me feel weird about that financier character in that they did nothing to show me why his worldview is wrong. But I felt like the episode just treated it like it was super wrong. And I know from a, you know, from Star Trek perspective and from, you know, especially Roddenberry perspective or whatever, like the, at least the classic view of what Roddenberry's you know, vision is, uh, I realized that he's supposed to just be wrong cause he's a capitalist. And I just felt like, Hey, well, well show me that. Don't just make the, the captain disappointed in him. <laughs> I feel like that was like the, the intention at first, but then they were trying, it felt like they were trying to make a statement of like, because it was a little heavy handed how, how superior acting everybody was acting. Like, I, I feel like it, that may have been like fleshed out better in a second draft or whatever, Absolutely. where it was like, oh, they they think they're better than these 20th century people, but the 20th century still has a little something to teach people in the 24th century. Like they could have like, yeah, I agree. Really, I th- really pulled that in. I totally think there's there's a good episode here, but this mm-hmm. isn't it. <laughs> You right, you, you can see this, the the bones of it. Yes, absolutely. Like, oh, that's supposed to be a, you know a cool opposing philosophy that makes Picard think about you know his situation. Yeah, uh, but it, I don't know. At but this right point, now, it just looks like a femur. I feel like <laughs> I feel like at this point in Star Trek, there's not a lot of that. 
And, and, and there's a lot of opposing views on the ship a lot of times. Like I've really, I've really been enjoying my rewatch of this series. And I think a lot of it, there actually are a lot of times where the, the crew disagrees. They don't have fights about it, but they'll disagree about the course of action. Like, and they throw out their reasoning and, and that it's just like a, like a classic, you know, battle for who's who's correct and they and it's all based on a reason and that's really cool mm-hmm. and fun to watch but i don't think they do have done much up till now at least the the first half of the season is what i've re- watched recently where someone else convinces picard that he's wrong and needs to change his ways like they don't do much exploration of like really digging into if the federation's view of things is right now uh, next, see, you know, like we just did Measure of a Man. In that episode, mm-hmm. Picard is wrong up top. Picard is viewing data as as a possession, and yeah. he allows himself to have his mind changed by mm-hmm. by data, who says, "Why wouldn't you make everyone lose their eyes? Jordy's eyes are better for our for our purposes. Why doesn't why doesn't ev- why shouldn't everyone go blind?" And he says, "Well." Oh, I see. It's because I'm because I'm an android. I have less value. And Picard yeah. goes, "Oh, like like there there are moments like that. I don't feel like this first season one has many of those." Right. Then that's probably mostly due to Roddenberry's uh, control. Right. And and his slipping control as it moves forward, which I think is generally a good thing. Um, I think the show, I the show becomes better. Yeah. So, uh, also, another thing about season one, since this is the last season one episode we're going to cover, um, the sets look awful. Uh, everything that's not, <laughs> everything that's not the Enterprise looks so uh, bad. They're just going down to all these different planets and all the walls just look cardboard. Like, it just looks real bad. And I, I realized the budgets weren't as good. They hadn't, um, built as many sets and, you know, whatever. I, like, it, it's fine. I'm fine with it. But watching it, I'm like, is this the 1960s show or is this the 19, like, 80s show? Like, this, this doesn't look much better. A lot of the episodes, when they go down to the world or whatever, the mm-hmm. worlds look pretty similar to what they do in the remastered versions of the original series, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, I'm fine with it's, it's fun, but I, I do think it looks pretty bad. <laughs> I, yeah. It doesn't bother me. I guess I, it's we. I'm just, I'm weird like that. Yeah. No, I, I also am not super bothered by it, but I think it's funny. It's funny how, how bad things look sometimes on the show. There's a weird thing that in my head where I think I almost prefer it to look really bad. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's because I start to, I've really ex- tried to like think about why people say, you know, this looks bad. This does not. And like, it's like you said, like, Oh, you could tell they're cardboard sets. Well, no, they're not. They're the same exact things they use to make today's sets with. They just, have perfected it a little bit more. They weren't those, you know, the original series sets weren't cardboard. Um, I just say they looked cardboard. I, they just look very flimsy and fake. They don't look like real walls. They don't. And you know, in the, in the future, when they make these sets, they do a lot more things like little recessed panels and kind of things mm-hmm. to make the walls feel like, you know, especially the ships in, in, in later TNG and DS nine, the ships look great. Yeah. Um, they look really good because they really build those ship sets to look like metal and they look good. I don't know. A lot of the, the, the planet sets look real flimsy to me. And you, but you know what's funny about like, uh, 
the later series, I feel like the set designs are so bland and so boring to me. Hmm. They just look like, you know, uh, it just is, they look, there is, there's like the, uh, uh, visual, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm having problems with words too. Um, it, it's like the, uh, the visual equivalent of ants in my brain, man. It's like there's always like just like what you were saying, like little recesses in the panels, like needless designs in the hull, um, you know, all sorts of like weird horse shit in the background that's just supposed to look like gray or metal or militaristic. And I'm like, there's like no color. Like I remember, like you know, the Enterprise D was kind of a earth tone ship inside, but it, at least like it felt warm, right? And it felt like a place where families would live. The Enterprise E on the inside just was the most bland piece of shit. And so was the <laughs> Defiant. So was Voyager. Like, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they're just redresses of the same damn ship. Interesting to, to save money. Yeah, but it's interesting. I I prefer that aesthetic. And I mean, this comes probably from what we grew up on. I grew up on TNG more. You grew up on uh, the original series more. At least that's where you get your start watching Star Trek. And mm-hmm. the original the original series is definitely a lot more colorful. Um, and I think that I, I grew up with that aesthetic, and I like that aesthetic in my spaceships. I like a sleek, uh, fairly plain design, really. Like, I, I don't know, kind of the cooler instead of the more vibrant. Well, you know, it depends. Like, the um, like in the movie era... Like I really, while I really enjoyed, you know, kind of the strange late seventies, early eighties motif of of the first few movies, when they get to like the Enterprise A, I love how it's like all white inside, you know, and right. I really liked that. You know, you can call it the Apple Store if you want. I really like that on the uh, on the JJ uh, ship. Yeah, I think white can be really interesting because it's such a stark contrast to what's moving against it. Often, mm-hmm. I think white for a ship can look really good. Anyway, we I'm, have gone yeah. way too deep on this episode. We're getting we into have. like I, I was thinking this was going to be one of our quicker ones, <laughs> and we've been we've been going for an hour here talking about an episode that neither of us thought had much in it. Uh, so, do you want to talk about some trivia or anything? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Uh, throw us some trivia. All right. Well, first of all, I did. I did want to really say. I did want to say. I really enjoyed the part where they refer. Data said that he thinks a homemaker must be some kind of construction work. Yeah, that was funny. So they had not. They had mentioned Romulans, but Gene Roddenberry didn't feel comfortable to uh, comfortable enough to bring them in because he wanted to establish Next Generation on its own without a bunch of you know races from the original series. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, and apparently he felt okay with it by. Episode twenty six. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that that didn't make. I think, like, especially if you're a big Star Trek fan, you love the original series. This episode would have been very exciting. So, I guess mm-hmm. you know, I was talking about how you don't have have a lot of. Uh, it's a weird finale, but I guess if you're a huge Star Trek fan at this point, and then suddenly the Romulans, who you've only really seen on screen in Balance of Terror, right? No, uh, Balance of Terror and the Enterprise Incident. Okay, and, and really, like that's that's it. And now they're back, you know, they're back and they, yeah. they're not only back there, they're proclaiming that they're back and that they're, it's, they've been gone a while, but they're back now. I hated that line. Oh yeah. I hated that line because it was just like, we're back. And it was just as like on the nose as Picard's last bit where he was like, 
No, we have we, it, the journey will do them good. Besides, it would make us go back, and our mission is to go forward. And it's just begun. There's still much to do. There's still so much to learn. I'm like, shut up. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's super cheesy. I get it. It's so interesting when, when that's okay and when that's not, because it didn't bother me. Neither of those things bothered me. But I get it. Like, I, we just started watching Watchmen, uh, as mm-hmm. we may have mentioned on this show. Check out Who Watched the Watchmen, our new Watchmen after show. Um, yeah. But, not ours, but yours. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. My, my Jason from me, DC me, on Screen. Me and Jason from DC on Screen, yeah. Um, but uh, we, we, t- we talked some about that. Like, why? Watchmen, the comic, is very sweeping, super uh, flowery dialogue, and as is the movie. And the new mm-hmm. show is very grounded, down-to-earth dialogue. And we were just t- discussing how, like, you know, we kind of miss that, but also we acknowledge that it would probably be a mistake for the series, you know? Yeah. You mentioned Mark Alamo being yeah. a Gold Ducat. Um This is actually his second time on Star Trek. He oh. was... Uh, a character named Badar in Lonely Among Us, and he went on to be Gold Mosset in The Wounded, and he was Frederick LaRouque in Time's Arrow, and then finally Gold Ducat in Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. I love that kind of, uh, I don't know, I, lo- I love that Star Trek, because of the nature of Star Trek, they can have those actors come on in so many different roles. It's really neat. I was watching the first appearance of the Ferengi the other day, mm-hmm. and Armin Shimmerman was one of the Ferengi. Yeah, uh, it was one they, of the yeah. first appearances of Ferengi, and you know, goes on to play Quark, uh, yeah, and that that right. was amazing. He had the most lines too, so they kind of wound up, you know, molding that species after him. Yeah, it's really neat. It's really neat. Let's see when Deanna Troy was showing Claire Raymond uh, her family tree in the original version. Uh, the names on it were like the first six actors to play Doctor Who. <laughs> and they also had Mary Richards, Lou Grant, Kermit Frog, Kermit the Frog, uh, Miss Piggy. But in the remastered version, where you would actually be able to see it really well, they cha- they changed it to uh, CBS Digital and TNG actors and, and production staffers and stuff. That's really fun. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. See. It was people from the production, but no, they went like super silly with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is pretty much all I really care about. Cool. As as far as, uh, as far as trivia, there's a whole bunch of trivia, uh, on memory alpha though. Yeah. I'm sure by the time, uh, now that we're doing TNG and not discovery, which is like brand new, there's going to be tons of trivia about all this different stuff. So thanks for digging through all that stuff, Dave, and finding the interesting oh, yeah. bits. That's really oh, cool. Oh Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's just, good Lord. <laughs> right, right. We can't talk about all of it. Uh, but yeah, well, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are really enjoying this, doing this Picard primer. Uh, we're really going to be, we've, we've narrowed it down. I guess we should mention the episodes we're going to be doing going forward, at least the next one. Um, mm-hmm. The next episode we're going to do is a biggie, Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. That's right. And uh, just I'll go ahead and read these off in case any of you want to get into some of this. Uh, Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. Then we're going to do the next episode, Family, um, which is where Picard goes and visits his family. We're going to do Unification for some uh, Unification, Part 1 and 2, to get some good uh, Romulan in there. We're going to do I, Borg, which is a really important Borg episode. Um, 
Descent, uh, Hugh episodes particularly. Uh, mm-hmm. Descent parts one and two, All Good Things part one and two, and that wraps up the TNG. Then we're going to do a little Voyager with Raven, The Gift, Drone, and Unimatrix Zero. And then we're going to um, watch First Contact and Nemesis. And that will be our Picard primer. So if you guys want to jump oh, ahead, I, watch any of those. I thought we had cut off the Raven and added Star Trek 2009. Um. We decided to add the Raven back in, uh, but we could add. Start, I, we, I don't think we talked about Star Trek, dude. Star Trek two thousand nine. Well, that's where the, the the star blows up that the Picard's all upset about. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like most of that is actually the comic book. I mean, like, yeah, it, it mentions it in the movie, but I don't think we need to cover that. All whole right, movie. I agree. We should watch or read the comic. <laughs> and talk about it. <laughs> okay, well we 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 can we can discuss that when we get uh if we get through all this, maybe we'll do the comic. I'm really bad at getting through a comic book. Um I ju- we just did it for the Watchmen. It took me way too long. Um so I'm I'm sort of like, eh, right, let's do the TV shows. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a real good consumer of television. Real good at mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I think uh, I think that's a possibility. We might do the countdown comics. Because they really do. I, the problem is, I'm worried that they are going to change things and that those countdown comics are going to be useless. I feel like they're going to be true to the series for sure. If they do change things, at least we will be prepared to acknowledge it. That's true. That's true. So we, 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 we'll, those are the TV, TV and movies we're going to watch. We might uh, cover some yeah. of that comic once we get there. So the next thing, Best of Both Worlds, part one and two next week. So uh, y'all come hang out. If you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe. Um, yeah, we'll be back real soon. Peace. Live long and prosper. To reach out to us, hit us up at StarTrekUcast.com, at StarTrekUcast on Twitter, or search for the Star Trek Universe podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And if you want to hear more from David C. Robertson, search for the DC On Screen podcast in your podcast app now, or go to maladjusted.tv for his comedy sketches. If you want to hear more from me, Matthew Carroll, search for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast or the Orville Universe podcast in your podcast app, or check out my music. Just search for Matthew Carroll wherever you listen to music. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards at as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.